BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yes, I dim the lights. I say, babe, let's watch Roger Rabbit. And they go, what are you talking about, you psychopath? And then they leave and then I watch it alone. That's how it goes. Is that how it goes? (laughs) Yes. Are we going to be okay with that? Yeah. Are we going to get through it? Absolutely, dude. Everyone's got their thing. If you like the 80s, well, you're in luck. Welcome back to the Fanatics Podcast. I am one of your hosts, David Magadoff, and with me is my most wonderful co-host, someone else who also, I think, enjoyed the 80s as well, Miss Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. You know, I saw a funny meme the other day, and it was, uh, I, you know, I lived through the 80s. It's true. I'm, I'm a little older than our guest today, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. I saw a funny meme, and it was like a picture of the jelly shoes that we used to wear, the little heeled jelly shoes that mm. girls used to wear in the 80s, and it was like the original Crocs. And I was like, absolutely, that is so true. <laughs> Crocs are in. Everything just, old I, is new again. I just saw a former uh, podcast guest, Mr. Augustus Prue, Augie Prue, uh, who talked about his love of trains. Uh, and he just walked the red carpet for the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. Look at that promo. And uh, he had on just a nice pair of Crocs. Rocking it out, rocking the Crocs. You know what? On the carpet. My my <laughs> kids, boys and girls, they love. They're very into Crocs so much that I got suckered into going to the Crocs outlet wow. <laughs> in Camarillo because they had a buy two get two free sale going on. And oh, you got to do that with four kids. That makes a lot of sense for me. Oh, you know, yeah. So no, you got to. Was do like that. a no brainer. Anyway, yes, we. <laughs> We're talking about the 80s today, but we're specifically talking about... The 1988 film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. And our guest today is none other than who, Claire Kramer? Our guest is Jacob Hopkins, who is currently starring as Fushi in the anime series To Your Eternity. He was, he's done a ton of anime, but his breakout role was Alexander Drew in True Blood, and he was also in The Goldbergs. So, yes, he's coming on to talk today about his fanaticism of Who Loves Roger Rabbit. It's something that I adore. Uh, We adored. I did not know that about you, David. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when he mentioned when he mentioned that, I, I lit up because I was like, I would love to talk about this. And we did. And and I hope it shows because I was very excited because I didn't realize how much I loved that movie until 
he mentioned how much he loved it, and then it just became. And that's a real... the, the, you did a Claire today. You kind of I like did you did a mirror of the guest, which is usually me. I, I love the movie too. I'll have to rewatch it, obviously. And Jacob, what a delightful dude this guy was. I knew I was going to like him when he turned on his camera and he was sitting in one of those deluxe gamer chairs. <laughs> That's what I was like. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> like, you know, there's just something cool about that. Yeah. Chair. To sit into that chair is to uh, sit into greatness. And I think we it's, all... It's almost like sitting on the um, the throne in Game of Thrones. <laughs> kind of. But... <laughs> You know, that's it's just a little like comment on who you are without having to say anything. That's true. That's really true. And mm-hmm. he's an absolute joy and an absolute delight. Yeah, we did a deep dive into Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Jacob, what do you think makes dip? All right. It's got to be <laughs> evil, no love. Just the concept of evil. And Christopher Lloyd. That's <laughs> yeah, scary enough to destroy a cartoon. That's I mean, fair enough. when I was a kid, dude, I'd see they dip a live shoe in there, and that shoe's like maybe like two minutes old. <laughs> it like just got on. It just got on camera. It was horrifying. We're talking about Who Framed Roger right. Rabbit, by the way, not our nightmares and schizophrenic dreams. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Jacob? Thank you for that because I'm sitting here like. I know the topic and I'm already confused. So so for the listeners who aren't so dialed in uh, with the lingo of Roger Rabbit, give us an Oops. overview of what we're going to be talking about on Fanatics today. Who? What is Roger Rabbit? Who is Roger who Rabbit? Who Framed Roger Rabbit was originally a book and then it became a movie. And it's about the, a world where cartoons are real, but... They're not like, you know, going about their everyday lives. Like it, It's like the cartoons that we watch are actually filmed on camera because the tunes are real. It's their job. They're actors. And uh, Roger Rabbit is framed for murder. Roger Rabbit is a very famous, popular tune. And uh, Eddie Valiant is a guy played by Bob Hoskins who sort of takes his case. He takes like all these tune cases and like he tries to prove his innocence. And it's an amazing movie. If you disagree, please stop breathing my air. But yeah, Whoa. that's that's Roger Rabbit. And and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll talk a little 1989, bit Robert Zemeckis film, Who yes. Framed Roger Rabbit? One of my favorites growing up as well, this topic is so great, Jacob. Uh, I did not know that it was, a, but the thing is, you really love it. I'm already sensing it. Like, you're you're saying things quickly in a way that I'm like, this is, this is sexy, and I think I like it, and I'm realizing you love it. So this is going to be a very I fun conversation. I do love it. I, I had... I didn't know it was a book. It, it was a book. It, that's right. It came... I don't... Was I it a full novel? Exactly was it, it a short out. story? It what was, was a short it? story. It was a short story, and it, it, it's a lengthy read. It's not like a very, very short story, but yeah, it was a book, and the book was much darker and more violent than the actual movie, and they kind of oh. had to like tone it down because they wanted to... They, they wanted to... They wanted to like sort of incorporate it with the Disney world, which they did in Disneyland, I believe. They don't have this in world, but in land, they have Toontown. Toontown. Yeah, that's where that, Still that's the thing in the movies. Yes, that's right. They're remodeling. I went on the and- Who Framed Roger Rabbit ride earlier this year in Disneyland because uh-huh. my adult friend in his 30s said... 
this is really the one good ride in Toontown. And I said, let's just go. I haven't been in a long time. And I, I, like ra- I rode that ride. <laughs> it is not a great ride, Jacob. It's a great no, movie, you don't like it? Oh, I'm no. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good it. for ch- small people, but I am not a small person. I just love when Roger Rabbit like holds out the hole and he goes, "I'll save you," and like he does the illusion, man. You don't like that? You don't like the mirrors, the the playing tricks on your mind? <laughs> I would like it if it really worked. If I was uh, uh, as someone who's above the age of nine, but All Jacob, right, that's fair. there is no judgment here, except <laughs> maybe there is. Claire has a question. <laughs> so confused by this but i i love it okay so jacob you're young you're young you're you know 20 21 somewhere I'm around like there eight. yeah yeah you're like eight you're not eight <laughs> yeah. uh you were fooled by <laughs> the sorry. illusion though so david's considering you younger than than himself uh, he's youthful <laughs> he's youthful how did you first get introduced to roger rabbit because as david mentioned the movie came out in the 80s late 80s mm-hmm. so this is pre jacob hopkins what how did you get introduced to this concept, the character, the book and the movie. Well, I first went on the ride when I was a little kid, little, little kid. And I didn't know what Roger Rabbit was, but I loved the ride and I never really paid much attention to it. It was just like, you know, a ride at Disneyland and I didn't like become hooked on it or fan of it, whatever. But I discovered like years later, I think I was around maybe like 11 or 12 or something like that, where I found that my parents had a VHS of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, And I popped that in and I would watch that like once a month and that would become like like a cult of mine, you know, cult classic of mine. And and yeah, I loved it ever since. And it's always, and I recently got back into it before we, we were doing this podcast, like a couple months ago, I discovered that Disney Plus had put up three Roger Rabbit shorts so they actually tried yes. to make it a TV show. They were like nine or ten minute long shorts. Maybe a couple of them were a little bit shorter than that. But they but they tried. They tried to make it a TV show and they tried to push it like that. And I don't know what happened. I thought like those it, shorts I thought those shorts just I remember those shorts growing up and they would just be at the beginning of a lot of Disney movies. You yeah, they, they would try do to make that. it into a TV show. Yeah, I think they did. I think I remember reading that what they were trying to do is market it to be a longer lasting project of some sorts, whether it was gonna be a sequel, oh. which I know they did write a sequel. Uh they had a script for it, but it never happened. Oh really? Yeah. And then they did those shorts, but they just wanted to make some sort of brand out of it and they weren't really sure what direction they were going in and that's where it kind of just stood at a standstill that's where they went to the space jam franchise after that (laughs) (laughs) they were were like we're gonna just do the basketball thing it's easier (laughs) instead of this rabbit and jessica um so if you were to this i'm kind of jumping all over if you were to imagine you know they just did a new space jam in 2021 if you were to imagine today's Roger Rabbit, what would that like what would that story be from someone like you who's passionate about the character? Today's Roger Rabbit, I feel like it would be so drastically different than what they wanted to do for the sequel. Wouldn't it be very adult? It'd be very adult, wouldn't it? It would be very adult. But also I don't think it would be even remotely close to what they wanted to do because See, this was at like the height of like Indiana Jones and stuff, right? And what they wanted to do, what they wanted to do with the sequel with Roger Rabbit was it was going to be his backstory. And you find, and it's like, it's he's trying to figure out like who his father was. But 
somewhere along the story. It's like Hannibal to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, exactly. He gets drafted into World War II. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's what the movie is. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, if they could do it, but I feel like it'd be a little weird to do that now. And then at the end of the movie, they find out Bugs Bunny is his dad. So I'm not joking, by the way. This I've read the script. (laughs) Really? I've read the script. I've I've read the script. I've read it like three times. They found out that Bugs Bunny is the dad? Yeah, Bugs Bunny is his dad, and he also gets drafted in World War II. And he has to save Jessica Rabbit from the clutches of Germany. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jacob. So, so I'm I'm googling this. So we, a slight fact checking because I'm all, but slight slight in curiosity, slight, okay. but also some fact checking. Okay. So okay, who okay. censored Roger Rabbit was the 1981 novel written by Gary K. Wolf, and it was a it was a noir mystery novel, and it was uh-huh. a proper novel, not a short story. This is 226. It pages, wasn't a short so. story. Okay. All right. So yeah. it was a novel. Uh, but it it looks really noir esque, and I <laughs> really cannot wait to buy it because this genuinely looks like the kind of the way that I remember reading Wicked. I don't know. Did you ever read Wicked, the book? Anybody here? Not the or book. just see no. the musical? The musical. Yeah. Yes. So I remember reading the book. I remember being in a Barnes and Noble and I saw the book Wicked, and I was just like, "Oh, I like the idea of an adult version of like the Wizard of Oz," and we're. Like there's sex and stuff and dark comedy and all these things. So I cannot wait to see a much more now noir-esque version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So thank you very much. For there's going to be like Rogers like blowing people's heads off and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty dark. <laughs> I mean, it seems like part of the appeal to you of the franchise is it's a little bit all over the place. Like the Toontown and Disneyland, yeah, the movie, the book, the shorts. Yeah. <laughs> What's it's your just, favorite piece of the property? It's just... Uh, I well, I would say the movie, but it's I just really like it because it's fantastical, and I feel like it, I feel like it appeals to anyone who's grown up on all these classic cartoons, Looney Tunes, Disney, you know, Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse, Daffy, Donald. It's it's a world where they all exist with us, and to think that there would be a place where you could go to interact with them and be a part of their lives is really cool. I know I'm like twenty, but. <laughs> I like you it. just like Jessica Rabbit. Let's be real. She's <laughs> always has been and always will be forever. A very weird cartoon sex symbol. Dude, she's just um, drawn that way. Relax. She's just drawn that way. <laughs> how many times have you seen this movie, Jacob? How many times do you think? And how often and will you go back to it at like certain parts and times of your life or like a year? Like is it during Thanksgiving you watch it every year or something? I feel like I feel like I put the movie on just to get to the part where like the weasels show up at the bar and uh, Roger has to drink the whiskey to just like blow the place to sky high. I don't know why, but that's like an upset. I can't explain this stuff. I sound insane, but no, these are the things no. that I am obsessed with. <laughs> it's a good scene. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. And it, it's a slow burner because, right? Because it's the idea of Roger Rabbit since the first time he's ever had a drink. Yes, right. And, and so also, the idea is... We're all excited to see like what the heck happens when this crazy rabbit gets a drink and he just goes all over the place and it really you know is like when a you really asked funny. Me what dip was made of earlier? There are theories, uh, David, that there's alcohol in them and that's why the tunes don't like alcohol. So there you go. 
Wait, Where this is, is like an Where? urban legend? This no, no, is no, urban no. Legend. He's talking about some chat room or something. So, where, do, where do these theories <laughs> come from, Jacob? That's what an urban legend YouTube, is, David. Wikipedia. No, listen. They, so they have, there's this theory where like, the reason why Roger can't stand alcohol is just because it doesn't, it doesn't mesh well with tunes. And people were saying like, oh, well, back when cell shading was a thing, you know, rubbing alcohol was used to sort of like scratch out mistakes in animation. And oh. that's why they don't like actual like gin, whiskey, beer, alcohol, but also that's what's in dip. So I don't know. It's, it's pretty sound to me, but uh, that's that a little tidbit. Yeah. Wait, like what that. is dip? So explain this to me. Okay. So explain, dip. Yes. Explain to yes, Claire what right. the heck we're talking about. So Claire. Dip, right, is this concoction that Doc Brown makes, um, and he's the bad guy in this movie, by the way, and he mm-hmm. base it's this liquid that kills tunes. You can't kill a tune. They're immortal, but this can okay. kill them. And so that's his way of sort of driving out all the tunes in Toontown, because what he wants to do is build a freeway through it. <laughs> He wants. Hey, this is literally the invention like of the one ten freeway. Also, Claire. That's yeah, like no, Doctor Seuss's like. Yeah, no yeah. one else has heard of a freeway. He's like, I'm going to build a freeway, and, and Bob Hoskins is like, what? he has to drive it through Toontown. It's <laughs> yeah, basically he has to drive the origin it of the Los Angeles one ten freeway. Claire. So he that creates, is a lot of frames. So he creates a dip that is that kills tunes. Right. And uh, this what is aren't part you of the storyline. Got this? it. <laughs> I mean, I got it. I got it. Who who are you in this cast of characters, Jacob? Who are you? Are you Roger mm. Rabbit? Are you uh, you know, Christopher Lloyd? Are you Thumper? Who are you? I'm like uh I'm I like, think Thumper's in it. I, you know, he actually is. I'm uh I think I'm the octopus bartender in that one scene where it's like <laughs> they're doing like the crane shot of where Jessica performs. And it's just an octopus just like flipping glasses around. And he looks like he's going to pass out. <laughs> I like that. A multitasker. Just no, no thoughts at all in that head. Just He's just a guy. Jacob, <laughs> Jacob, he's just an octopus. Leave the, leave the guy alone. Just an octopus. He's just a Jacob, guy. I'm not, I'm not ripping on him. He's just there. He's, he's just, just a man he's with just eight legs and a job. Out. Yeah. I'm either that guy or like one of the penguins that's just like kind of flip-flapping around with like... The- <laughs> They're holding like the plates with the drinks above their heads because they're tiny. Yeah, it's the Mary Poppins penguins. It's the Mary Poppins penguins. That's right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Jacob, do you ever need to show this to people in your life that you are romantically tied to to garner their uh, engagement of whether they are someone you should be dating or not? Yes, I dim the lights. I say, babe, let's watch Roger Rabbit. And they go, what are you talking about, you psychopath? And then they leave, and then I watch it alone. That's how it goes. Is that how it goes? <laughs> yes. Are we going to be okay with that? Yeah. Are we going to get through it? Absolutely, dude. 
we as in you and yourself and your and and I'm yeah you. <laughs> yeah exactly nice well, is, now it, I know is it a lonely can... life to dedicate yourself <laughs> yes it is but i wouldn't have it any other way good <laughs> i Go could see you two having a watch party like this is yes. this is what I think is going to happen next time that VHS tape goes Just in. Put it on. How do you stream on this thing? <laughs> There's a beautiful brown couch right behind Jacob as we're recording, and I see me and him next to each other on that brown couch, yes. each with a can of Mountain Dew, and we are clicking Dunkaroos, play, Sunny D, and Toontown. Celery Sticks, and we're going to have a well, great time. Well, David, who are you in the film? You obviously also are, you know, uh, well versed in Roger Rabbit. Who are which character are you? I think I think Anyone? I am Roger probably <laughs> because I think he's you know he he's feeling sensitive and framed and guilty and I feel like that's a lot of just my where I am in life all the time. <laughs> but the um, difference is that you actually did those things and it's yeah. time you stop Jake. dodging them. Jacob, <laughs> I thought what stays on, what happens on DMs stay on DMs. <laughs> But Bob Hoskins, how good is he in it? Like Bob Hoskins, who I feel like that was his the height. Of, he's great yeah. as an actor, period. And anything you ever see Bob Hoskins do. Oh, but yeah. is it a, is it a travesty or is it a treasure that he's probably going to be most remembered for playing uh, Detective Valiant? In I think you're right. I think it is his who most framed. notable movie. Yes. But I think it's a treasure because... It was such a groundbreaking. First of all, it's just a great movie overall. It's got a really good story. Uh, Bob Hoskins' character, Eddie Valiant, is a really good character. Um, his backstory pretty much is that his brother was killed by a tune, and that's why he mm. never. That's why he became an alcoholic, dropped all these tune cases, and the way they play that, and the beautiful like. The, the, the soundtrack that supports it, all the music, it's just every moment where it like spends time on his backstory is so heart-wrenching and tragic and beautiful, and he plays that really, really well. Even yeah. when he's like in the movie theater and he's telling Roger about like what happened, why he dropped all those tune cases, it's, it's incredible. And... It's just a legendary movie. Broke so many grounds. It, it was the first movie that really did what it did. No movie had other... I mean, Mary Poppins tried to do it, but they they kind of failed. Like They didn't really create the illusion of animation and live action blending well together. No, it was all... In Mary Poppins, it was all like the mystique of you could... You know, was it in their mind was a part of the story. And this right. was actually a reality, an alternate reality. Right. And they nailed it. Like if you watch Mary Poppins and it shows like they're talking to all the cartoons, they're not even like meeting their eyes and stuff. Like they didn't really know what they <laughs> were doing, but Roger Rabbit nailed it. it. They, the, the cell shading, the practical effects, it, it works so well. Jacob, are you bagging on a 1964 <laughs> film that was just trying that was Listen, I like to talk about how the 1984 thing was better than the 1950s thing. I really. <laughs> 1988. This I'm movie, sorry. We're almost in the 90s. This That's was true. We, and that movie this bombed. Is, this is almost 30 years later. Technology got slightly better, and Robert Zemeckis was born, who became Mr. Technology Film Experienced Man. That's right. Uh, director extraordinaire and um have you ever seen cool cool world that's the brad pitt one right cool world 
Anybody uh, with me on this? Hold on. Wait, hold this on. Was I'm, the, I'm like, Googling it. I'm Googling it. This cool was, yeah, 1992. World. So this was like four years later. Oh, cool yeah. World. And it was like kind of dirty. And I it remember was the this. Adult Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it was Brad Pitt was the only like live action guy yeah. in this very animated world. Um, he wasn't the but only. They're one, all but like one smoking hot, and yeah, I do remember. Yeah, this. And he has like this relationship with this very busty Kim Basinger style cartoon, and I do that's where this. I think people felt a little uncomfortable because that was a <laughs> bomb. Speaking of animated live action combos, oh yeah, man, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because why do you think this combination worked at the time with Roger Rabbit, with these other characters, and with the you know mixing the the animation and live action what what made it like resonate with people and what has made it a classic well i think it just uh, in my opinion it all roots in just the likability of roger rabbit in general he's a very likable you know he's a lovable goof but they made it right they made it work because you know his character the writing but also, I've I've watched like, of course, I've watched I've watched like a ton of like behind the scenes stuff of how they did it, and they really did a good job with blocking and props, the way they would sort of wire real life objects around and then animate around that, so the characters are like moving around those objects and stuff. They really paid attention to detail, like like very very meticulously, and even in scenes with like. For example, like if there's like a fan, you know, going and um, it's making the light uh, shade in and shade out, they animate the characters where where their lighting matches with their surroundings. They really make them fit into the environment, and I feel like that's what a lot of and that and that really succeeded in like creating the illusion. Like, oh my god, they're actually there, and that's where a lot of the other movies went wrong, where they didn't really pay that much attention, or maybe they didn't have the budget. I don't know, but Point still stands. They were they paid so much attention to detail and really wanted to make sure people actually believe that these cartoons exist. You know, plus Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny were in it, but <laughs> right, <laughs> it's like the <laughs> ultimate mashup. I mean, they and they do cameos. You know, Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit do cameos in other movies, like. Mm-hmm. It's not just this property. This is the main one for them, obviously. But okay, so the question always comes down to this. Is this a children's movie or is it an adult movie? Because (laughs) I would definitely not let my child watch it. I don't know. I'd say like, you know, 13 and up. It's It's got some more mature themes, but it's got a lot of heart. And it's not like rooted in these adult themes. They're there, but what it's really what it really centers around is just the good nature of Roger Rabbit himself and i feel like that that appeals to pretty much anyone what's impressive is they took they created a, a world that is not looney tunes and that is not disney like they created a but still you know, Bugs Bunny and Daffy and all these other characters appear, which is a really fun thing, but they didn't rely on them. They created like their own tune world. And that's always a really difficult thing at the very top of a film to be like, trust us, we're going to take you down a, a animated road adults. But it's exactly right. It works in that way that every 
every streamer and every network is always chomping at the bit to create a show or a film that can have a son, a daughter, a father, and a grandma and a grandpa all sit down, pay money, and watch it together. Mm-hmm. And Who Framed maybe isn't for the four and five-year-olds, but in the way that many Pixar movies are, they were able to get a lot of people to sit down for that film together as a family and all appreciate it and all like it. And well, because it focuses on those family values, and I feel like that's what a lot of um, animated stuff and TV shows and movies, I feel like they, a lot of newer stuff that's been coming out, I feel like they miss that because that's that that's the ultimate thing that anyone can relate to. Um, you know, Eddie Valiant and his family. And the tragedy behind that, you know, we've all lost someone. Um, and I feel like we can all sort of sit down and empathize with that and realize this is real. You know, I'm, one, I'm not watching something fake. Like, it's not a ch- cheap, you know, cash grab. It's, it really hits home. It really, like, really tugs at your heartstrings. And it's so beautiful, man. It's just great. They really, RK they Maroon, Maroon Cartoons. That's, that's right. Maroon Cartoons. Do you feel like if they made a sequel, you know, and mm-hmm. guess what? Not too much time has passed because look at what's happening in entertainment now. The sequels right. are 20, 30 years later sometimes. So would they have to retain the same physical appearance and quality of tune, like simplicity of the animation or would you, you want the upgrade to the 2020s you know 2023 oh, no. version no right I would not want part that. of the charm is the <laughs> is the fact that the tunes have a very distinct look to them right yes exactly i feel like i mean and at least roger like, rabbit's wearing pants which is good <laughs> that's true he's not he's not bugs bunny but right i i really love the movie for it's like classic cell shading you know it, the, the classic animation style it's really heartwarming and just really nice to look at i feel like it's way better i know it takes more work but it's way better than the animation now where it's just kind of like puppeting and like the chip and dale movie that came out they tr- they like they tried to do that Roger Rabbit thing where I kind of liked it. The mm. the animation Claire I feel like it 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 worked sort of, but they they failed to really make them fit into the environment. Like oh, that that kind of like go. meticulous detail that I was talking about a Roger Rabbit. They sort of like stuck out to me. And I was this like, is the I one wish... with the, on the cruise ship, right? The it's. The... Wh- it's like the newer, it's the newest Chip and Dale yeah. movie. Brand new one with John Mulaney and Andy yeah, Samberg. Jacob, are you and I going to be sitting at opposite, <laughs> opposite ends of this brown couch now? <laughs> I just wish this? they went to the, with the classic, you know, like animation style. That's, All right, that's I'm going to throw I some missed. things at you guys. This is some fun talking points. Right, Harrison cool. Ford was Spielberg's original choice to play Eddie Valiant, but his price really? was too high. Chevy Chase was the second choice, but he wasn't interested. Bill Murray was also considered for the role. But apparently, due to his idiosyncratic and interesting methods of receiving offers for roles, aka, I believe Claire and I both know this, he does not have an agent. He just sort of takes the roles himself. Uh, he does. He phone call right to him. He missed out on it. Eddie Murphy mm. reportedly turned down the roles. He misunderstood the concept of cartoon characters and humans being coexisting. Mm. And then apparently, Robin Williams, Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson, Sylvester Stallone, 
Ed Harris, Charles Grodin, and Don Lane were also considered for the role, but ultimately went to Bob Hoskins because Spielberg thought his acting. And uh, I guess I'm just going to assume he was the only one who said yes. He let, <laughs> did I just mention everybody, every male actor from 1988 and just wanted share? Jack Nicholson as Eddie Valiant. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like they're all too much of the cool guy. I feel like Bob Hoskins had that warmth that they didn't have, except for Robin Williams. I feel like Robin Williams, that's interesting. He definitely has the heart, but Bob Hoskins has the heart and the grit. Mm -hmm. He does have grit. Robin Williams is almost too much of a cartoon character to to be the guy who's, because the whole point is it's a guy who's, Eddie Valiant's this like, he's like anti-cartoon, because his cartoon killed his brother. So he, Mm -hmm. he needs to be a little, a little gritty harrison ford would have been good actually i'm down i think harrison ford was a good choice it's a shame harrison ford would have been interesting that would he definitely has the heart and the grit definitely a different it would feel a lot different though because he's got he's got a different stature he's got a different presence but i still think it would have been interesting i did not know that that's cool that reminds me of like in Star Wars, they were like trying to figure out who they should get for Han Solo before they cast Harrison Ford. And uh, they were originally thinking of Kirk Douglas. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. And that would have been interesting. And then they were thinking of Christopher Walken, which would probably not have been so good. But then they went with Harrison <laughs> Ford. <laughs> Can I throw some other people who apparently were also being thought of for the Christopher Lloyd role as Judge Doom? You ready for this? Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. Tim Curry originally auditioned for the role. Oh, that uh, would have been good. That would have been But really was good. rejected because the producers found him too terrifying. Oh. <laughs> he was too scary. Really? Interesting. That feels a little weird. That does like feel a little you... weird because he's, he's like cartoonish villain, but it still works. But he was too terrifying is what they were saying? He was too terrifying, said the producers. Wow. Christopher Lee, who we know from the oh, yeah. Star Wars, correct? And yeah, I was also uh, considered for it, yeah. but he turned it down. John Cleese expressed interest for the role, but he wasn't scary enough. Hmm. Mm. I feel like Christopher Lee would have been good. And then Peter O'Toole, F. Marie Abraham, Roddy McDowell, and Sting were considered for the role. Oh. <laughs> Sting. Well, and then Christopher Lloyd <laughs> won it because of essentially Back to the Future was the Mecca's. Yeah, Robert I think, Zemeckis, right? I think he was. I think he did a good job. I oh yeah, he did a great job. Tim Curry, I, he scared me. I'm with you, right, Jacob? Like I had. Oh no, I, yeah, he was. I had terrifying. dreams as a kid of just like. Ooh. Yeah, no, he was scary. He did a really good job, but I'm like thinking of Tim Curry. That would have been good. I feel like he would have done a really good job. Would have been different, but I would have liked to see it. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry's. Uh, he should be in more things. That's just I think he should. Tim Curry note. I think for all of us. Yeah. Jacob, this is this was an absolute delight of a time we just had with you talking oh, about Oh no, this. it's over? I know. It's crazy. What? This is wild. I know. We did this they're short <laughs> podcasts, okay? Uh, but we're, we're going to talk about other here. things. <laughs> but you're going to come back on. Don't worry. We're going to have okay, you back on because right. there's okay. a lot of there's a lot in your tool belt of, you know, <laughs> fanaticisms. So, we're we're just chipping. This is like the tip of the iceberg here. Don't worry. Sweet. But before we fit completely finish, I do have to ask this though. Okay. As always, if you had to psychoanalyze yourself and put on a little therapist, <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. Why 
do you think? Now you keep when we say in the royal you, you know, you feel this way, and you. I want to say I. So Jacob, you are very thoughtful, and I feel like I'm gonna get a very thoughtful answer. So okay. I'm already excited for the answer. Right. Why do you think you love this so much? Do you think there's it is speaking to something not like as a as a your 12 year old self or something about your parents growing up? Like you really like this movie. It's a lot of different parts to it. I feel like there's definitely the nostalgia factor. There's definitely, you know, I have a brother, so Eddie Valiant losing his brother, like, I couldn't imagine ever going through that. So that really hits home. But I think the biggest reason is because I grew up on all these cartoons. They were basically my childhood, and I loved them so much that I decided to do it as a career. And it's it's sort of like a love letter. They 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 mash up the, and it's not like, you know, they just kind of throw it in whenever they don't put really much thought into it. They build this whole world and it's dedicated to all of these fantastic cartoons that we all grew up with, you know, our parents, our grandparents. And I feel like that's where the love lies and that's why it's going to be timeless and still going to be a popular movie years from now. Dude, I think you nailed it. And I'm actually, I, I, you did not disappoint. I'm not just Thank saying you. it. I think it is a love letter to cartoons. And I think yep. for someone mm-hmm. who like you, who adores cartoons, that makes sense why it would mean so much to you. It is a love letter to cartoons. And are you ready for this transition, my friends? <laughs> That's Speaking why I said it. Love letter. Like, uh-huh. You're good. <laughs> if I'm ever out sick, Claire, take Jacob. He can be our co-host. I, I give full I, permission. Yes. Jacob Hopkins would happily be a fantastic 100%. I love him. Um, um, yes. Go ahead, David. No, please. Regale us with a love letter to uh, this wonderful film, Jacob. Dear Roger Rabbit, thank you for always being there for me and teaching me the value of growing up with my brother and my family. And thank you for reminding me why I love all these cartoons so much that built the foundation of my childhood. Love, Jacob. Beautiful. Love. No dip for you. The dip will be off to the side. I was like hovering over it, but then I was pulled back up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate it. it was Judge Doom, by the way. Like it wasn't even just like Judge Henry. It was like Eddie Valiant, but Judge Doom. His last name had to be Doom. I like <laughs> how they were all like, we are. Uh, should we question his name? <laughs> no. Should we think about that? Tim Curry was too scary for a guy named Judge Doom. Let's all remember <laughs> that we learned that today. He was too terrifying. Terrifying. He was too terrifying. terrifying. That's what it was. <laughs> I love that little that was tidbit. Great, Jacob. <laughs> the wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. (laughs) 
Judy Justice, only on Freebie. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. Promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. Okay, so the interesting thing, you know, he was talking about why when you ask like into your psyche, why do you love Roger Rabbit? You know, I was talking about his love for morning cartoons. Well, actually, Gary Wolf, who wrote the novel who censored Roger Rabbit, which we touched on, he said his inspiration was watching the commercials for like the Frosted Flakes, which had Tony the Tiger and Tricks, which had the Tricks Rabbit. And the anime characters would be interacting with the kids in the commercial without comment. Like it was just very basic like interactions. And that was actually the inspiration for Gary behind creating the tunes and Roger Rabbit and the two worlds that didn't comment on the fact that they were like different, you know, different. I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for. Presentations, different societies, like living as one dimensions. Yeah. Dimensions. So I thought that was really interesting. That is really interesting because you could, you could say to yourself, the, the amazing thing about Who Framed Roger Rabbit is it was one of the very first, if not the first, I mean, we talked about Mary Poppins too, but I'm sure in other movies we've seen it as well that we can't think off the top of our head right now. But it was the first like, hey, we're going we're gonna to have humans and animated characters interact in a very visceral, real, same dimension world for the entirety of the film. And it's true. It's not really the real reason why it was so special. I think it made it, I think it elevated it. I think it was really interesting. But ultimately, it was just the story. It was a great story. And it was a love letter to cartoons, which I loved how he put that. Jacob was astute in that. Yeah. What a great idea, Mr. Uh, Mr. Gary. Uh, what, <laughs> he what, took, watched yeah. commercials and immediately that was his premise. I love finding out how like some small thing could just, you know, create one of the greatest movies or one of the greatest novels. You know, I love, I love, you know, yeah. finding out where inspiration comes from. I mean, it makes a lot of sense if you think about those, those serial commercials, which really haven't changed by the way in talking, no. talking about like how things have changed. Well, Tony, the tiger, he has not really evolved. You know, the tricks rabbit is still the tricks rabbit. Like, you know, count, count chocula. Yeah. <laughs> like the, all the Halloween cereals, you know, that come out every year. They, kids they're, just hang out with classics. The, kids hang out with cartoons. It's easy. But I think what was fun about Who Framed was that it's adults hanging out with them. And mm -hmm. I think that was like how do adults interact and kind of, you know, that's part of that's part of Eddie's journey is like, you know, 
you know, cartoons are supposed to make you laugh and have a good time, Roger Rabbit says. So it's it, there's a there's a loss of innocence and a regaining of innocence. It really is a it's a very well done film beyond it being just this animated, you know, technological marvel for a time. It really is a good story and a good story will always will always win out, which I love. I think I saw Tom Hanks say that the other day on a podcast. He was just, at the end of the day, you know, you can't hide. <laughs> you can't hide a good movie or a bad movie for too long. Like, you can maybe get a big box office for a couple of days on a movie, but after a few days, people will start talking. And if it's a bad movie and a bad story, ain't nobody going to come to watch it. So you can have as many actors and as much Marvel and animation and I say Marvel not as in Marvelous Studios. Marvel is in the word marvelous things happening. You can right. have as much of that as, as you want. But at the end of the day, what's the story? What is the story? What, what are is the relationships? It? What is yeah. what is happening in the you know protagonist and antagonist life? Yeah. And yeah. I think you and I have got a pretty good story, Claire, on the Fanatics podcast. And so yes! people keep coming back for the story of us. The story of us. That is true. And you guys are a part of that story as well. So thank you for listening, enjoying, liking, subscribing, all the verbs of the Fanatics podcast on Apple and Spotify and iHeart. And if you listen to it at wearefanatics.com, that's awesome. I appreciate you, person who goes to our website and just clicks play because it's there. Do it. <laughs> and it's easy. <laughs> Pure pressure, do it. <laughs> and we made it. We made this website. So hopefully you're enjoying it. This was a fun one, Claire. This was a real fun one. Should we say goodbye and, and look forward to next week with everyone? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we will see you guys next Thursday. Enjoy your week. And uh, yeah, remember, what I always like to say is sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Bye. Bye. All right. Before we let you guys go, let me tell you about next week's episode, like I do every episode. We have on Miss Sahara Barrow. Uh, you know her from just being an amazing human all over the social medias. I'm talking TikTok and Insta and YouTube. Why? Because she's a beauty content creator and founder of Zahara The Label. Uh, she is a full-time mom, full-time entrepreneur. She's a rock star, okay? Full on. And she's coming on to talk about her love of fashion. Ah, oh, finally. How have we gone through this many episodes and not talked about fashion yet? Well, here we are, and it's a good one. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Tip is made of evil and Christopher Lloyd too. Tim Curry was too scary. Yeah, I guess that's true. But it's okay to be scary if your name is Judge Doom. Sure, Tim Curry's scary, but Christopher Lloyd is scary, too. That was really good, David. One, two, 
three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.